Welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Besides, or where the water wasn't as deep in some of the deep ocean plants as well, but it was weeds, it was unnecessary things that this thing, this whale, this fish was feeding on. And it wrapped around the head. It doesn't say the legs. It says wrapped around the head of Jonah. He was in that position and in that way is where he called out to God. Verse 6, it says, I went down to the bottom of the mountains. Do you know it doesn't say the valleys? The Bible says in the valley, he restoreth my soul. Here it says in the bottom of the mountains of the deep sea ravines and so forth. So there's a difference between being in a valley, there's a difference in being in the bottom of a mountain. In this prison, he was floating around the bottom sides of mountains, but it wasn't the place where God could restore. The earth with her bars were about me forever. He saw that he is destined. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption. Notice something here. But... Jonah, in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this prison, he said, But yet thou hast, I'm sorry, yet hast thou brought me up my life from corruption. Brought up my life. He said something. He he proclaimed something here. He said that, Yet you, God, in the misery that I'm in right now, I know that you will. And he said, You have brought me from a life of corruption. He proclaimed that something will happen here. God will hear him. Some I knew that in that hopeless situation he was, that God will hear him. And he spoke it. He said, you have brought me out of a life of corruption. O Lord, my God. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee in thy holy temple, in the prison of the whale. In that condition, his soul remembered something. And it remembered that there is a God. I'm going to call on him. And I know he will set me free. He will bring me out of this mess that I'm in. And he spoke it that way. He spoke the hope. Verse 8. They that observe lying vanities. Notice it goes from 2, 5, 6, 7. And then verse 8. Just a different verse. He observed this even in the belly of the whale. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And you know, when you are in prison, the prison that you are in, you oftentimes, there's things that you look at your own life, your own inability, your own things that have brought you there, and they become a lying vanity. It's a vain thing that you start believing in. It's one of these things that there is no hope for me. I will always be like this. I will never change. It's a lying vanity. And when you have a lying vanity, you forsake your own mercy. God's mercy that is there for you to carry you and to pull you from those weeds, to pull you from this prison, will not extend to you as long as you believe in this lying vanity. It's a vain thing. It's an untruth. Something that the enemy speaks to your soul. Something that in your hopelessness, 
You start seeing some things and you start forming ideas of what brought you here and you start believing in that. You say, you say like this, that because of my childhood, because of the way I was raised or the way I was born or the way I was misused, I will never ever come out of this. This is the tomb of Jonah. You start believing in lying vanities, and at that point, God's mercy cannot extend to you. Let me read the verse again. Jonah must have believed in lying vanities. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He had a certain vanity about something about himself that made him flee from God, saying, God, I'm not capable to deliver the message to Nineveh. There is something in me that hurts too much. If they would turn to you and they would change, then my pride would be diminished. Then people will speak bad about me. Then people will call me a false prophet and things of this nature. He probably had all these things and he started believing in them. And it was a vanity. It didn't change what God spoke to him. Verse 9. Look after he made this confession. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. After that, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Think about this. In the belly of the whale, in the tomb that he was in, all at once he saw this, and I've been believing in things that have brought me here. And he started praising God in the belly of the whale. And when he started praising and speaking to God, look what God did. The next verse. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Let me read those two verses again. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish. When Jonah started doing this in the fish, when he recognized that he was trusting in vain things that didn't give him any strength, but it brought him into this pit, he looked out and he said like this, I am at a place where there is no mercy. But you know what? I'm going to start praising my God. And as soon as he started doing this, God then spoke to a fish. And the fish went for the coast. And it... And here comes Jonah. And Jonah went toward Nineveh. Hallelujah. Now Jonah preached repentance. And they repented. Jonah still had a problem. And we want to identify this problem. This did not take care of all the problems of Jonah. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. But it, 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 it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. When he saw that the people of Nineveh were repenting and tank, taking their life and, and changing it around, then he saw that, well, if they do this, see, I'm going to come here and I'm going to say like this, all you people of Nineveh, I want to speak the word of God. I'm telling you that unless you repent, you will all be destroyed. But God, I know that if I will say this, the people will repent, and then they'll go and they'll laugh at me. They'll say, yes, mm-hmm. You know, where is the fire to some of them? Maybe the other cities around. Where is the fire that, no, uh, that Jonah was saying that they'll have, and they never did? There is something that Jonah could not accept of feeling wrong. He could not accept of feeling wronged, and it put him in a prison. Do you hear me? 
Sometimes those are the very things that will put us in a prison. Somebody spoke a certain word to you and you feel wrong. You felt wronged. You felt however it is. And it puts you in a prison. You close the door and you're closing your door on mercy. See, there's a big difference between mercy and grace. In the modern world we live in, I'm finding that most people do not understand what grace is. Grace is divine enablement. It's not sloppy forgiveness. Mercy is forgiveness. Some people take the word grace and think it's mercy. No, no, no. No, no, it's not. Grace is divine enablement. It's when the Holy Ghost gives you divine a boost, a divine power, divine something that you cannot do on your own. Mercy is when God says, I have mercy on those that I have mercy. I will have mercy on you. I will forgive you your trespasses. That's not grace, that's mercy. Look what he said, he forsook mercy. And when you forsake mercy, you have the hand of God against you. You're closing the door on God, you're closing the door on yourself. This is the tomb of Jonah. Now look at Jonah 4, 1, and then I'll read 2. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. He went away, sun was really hot, he's been to Israel, I've been to Israel, and it gets really, really warm this time of the year over there. You can have 120 degree temperatures, and we've experienced that. And that would be very warm. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. God, he said, God, I know because of the calling that's on my life, if I would call people to repentance in Nineveh, they would repent. That's why I didn't want to go. Because it made me look wrong. Jonah had a problem. Jonah had a problem. Even though when he thanked God and started offering thanksgiving, he was spit out of his tomb and he went and did his duties. Now verse 11, it says like this. And should not I, he said like this, I have a, he said like this, God, I was embarrassed, or put some other words in there. I was personally embarrassed of when the people repent, what people will think of me. Because I know you're a gracious God, and I knew that, and it was all about me. I wanted to make my life look good, and I wanted to look acceptable to most people that are out there. Now look at what God responds to him in verse 11. And should, God says, and should not I spare Nineveh, the great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right and left hand, and also much cattle? Jonah thought of his own thing. Jonah thought of his own character, his own personality. He thought of his own reputation. And he thought, how will this make me look? God will question my calling and all this. But God said like this, God said, no, Jonah, I was not concerned about you. I was concerned about the 120,000 people and the cattle that will die if you don't go. Jonah wasn't thinking 120,000 people. He was thinking himself. See, that's what put him in prison. God said, I see the big picture, you see the little picture. You just see a little man walking on the way up to Nineveh and stopping there and speaking the word right inside the city walls and telling the people, unless they repent, God will destroy the city. 
Rather than that, you were concerned about your own reputation, not about the 120 plus thousand people and the cattle. God even looked to the cattle. He looked to the horses, to the uh, the cows and to the calves and to whatever was in there of, in the name of cattle. And he was even concerned that he wouldn't destroy the cattle. But Jonah wasn't thinking cattle. He wasn't thinking souls. He was looking at his own pride. God put him in a prison. That was one prison. We'll look at another prison now. The next one is Lazarus' tomb. John eleven eleven. These things saith he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. We want to talk a little bit about the tomb of Lazarus. This was also a legitimate tomb. He had died, friend to Mary and Martha, brother to Mary and Martha, and a friend to Jesus. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, let's go back to this. What caused the death of Lazarus? Like I spoke to you last Sunday's message, the death of Lazarus simply came. He was probably sick. But Jesus could have prevented it if he would have come there. That was the accusation, or maybe I shouldn't say accusation, but that was the words that were spoken to him. Jesus, if you would have come, he would not have died. Jesus obviously knew that he was sick. And he could have come right away and prevented that death. But he said later, this death is that God would be glorified. So Jesus was not in a hurry. But people could have thought, Mary and Martha, we're good friends to Jesus. When we ask him to come, he would certainly care for us. But this day, I simply could be a little offended at Jesus. Why in the world did he allow our dear brother to die? If he would have been here, he would not have died. We hope you've been inspired and changed by today's message. If you wish to listen to today's message or for other audio and video resources from the preaching ministry of Wayne Weaver, please visit ministriesofwayneweaver.com.